Is your haunt committing some of these pet peeves? Well, we'll find out on today's show. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the HAN Show, we bring you the news, information, and education you need to prepare for Halloween. Our goal at the network is to help Halloween fanatics become Halloween pros. And if you're looking to level up your haunt, you should join our free weekly industry newsletter where you'll get everything you need to know about the industry. Today, we're airing an episode from one of our partner stations, The Scare Factor. The Scare Factor is a nationwide haunted house review website and directory. And this episode is from their companion podcast. This episode is all about pet peeves that these professional reviewers see when they're at haunts. If you're a fan, while you're listening, think if you've seen these things at haunts you've gone to. And if you have a haunt, are you doing any of these yourself? Let us know. Okay, enjoy the show. Scares and screams and things unseen. It's the Scarefactor Podcast, Season 3. What's going on, everybody? Brian here with thescarefactor.com. Welcome you back to the next episode of the podcast. I'm joined this week again by Tiffany of Team Terror Techies in Seattle, Washington. How's it going, Tiffany? It's going good. That's good. So this week we are talking about the annoying shit that haunts do. I can hear you all now. You're saying, Brian... How is this different from a Pet Peeves episode? Well, it's not, okay? This is all the Pet Peeves rolled into one episode because we've done Pet Peeves in the last two seasons, and it's just tradition now, and you don't fuck with tradition. I mean, I think it's more that you have so many Pet Peeves that you can't just jam it into one season. I think that's more the problem. Not that it's a tradition thing. Just you have a lot to say. It's tradition, (laughs) and you don't fuck with tradition. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's just get right into it. We have a bunch of these, and I got a feeling we're going to go over time anyway, so we'll do our best to stay on on topic here. Please, it's me and Tiffany. We know we won't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like, the first thing that really gets my go is extensive backstory on the website, right? Like, they have this whole thesis-length story of, of... the characters and and the scenes and and the story they're trying to tell you and then you get there and none of it actually shows up in the show it's it's a mishmash of scenes none of them make sense one after the other there's usually a clown room or maybe a doll room there's probably like a dark dungeony sort of hallway they might call it the sewer but let's be honest it's a dungeon you just didn't want to call it a dungeon there might be a laboratory in there. Tiffany, you've probably seen all this shit before. I've seen some of them. Um, I'm normally the person that like just eats up these backstories, but it annoys my team, definitely, or anybody that I'm going to haunts with, because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the mad scientist, dude. And he ended up doing this and this. And they're like, how do you know all this stuff? And I was like, because I studied the website, but like it doesn't like portray at all. So I'm like the one being like, I'm pretty sure that is like Dr. Robinson right there. <laughs> like it, he didn't introduce himself as Dr. Robinson, but I'm pretty sure that's Dr. Robinson. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That doll room. Like that was how he started was, you know, he started pulling together these dolls and then eventually like needed like other parts to create this Frankenstein character or whatever. Right. But um, yeah, I get um I've been called out like more than <laughs> once of uh like incorporating like backstory into a haunt that's like not really like relevant into the haunt 
because I do really love stories and um, I'll just consume them up. But definitely going to haunt and not having any of that story portray. It's just it's really sad Um, because I I feel like I'm like in the not the majority here (laughs) in reading these uh, website backstories and then getting kind of excited about any like minute reference that I could run into even though like none of the uh, characters are announced or um, the story elements aren't really in there I just read the story on the website and studied it before I went to the haunt so so there's a couple of problems that I think come up with that right uh, the first being that like you you might actually have this great backstory on your website and then the scenes do actually follow that story uh, but the problems that arise from that are the people playing those characters have no idea about any of this because you didn't tell them or train them on any of it. And then two, if somebody shows up, they didn't look at your website and they didn't read that story. How are they supposed to know that this is the story that's being told to them? It, it doesn't follow cohes- cohesively, right? Like I'm not going to walk through a haunt with an audio guide telling me like, you know, in uh Oh, shit, what's his name? Here we see the rare haunter in his natural habitat. Uh, <laughs> fuck, what's his name? I have no idea, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> um, the elusive haunter. Yeah. <laughs> Deep within the depths of the corn. <laughs> but, like, I'm not walking through the fucking audio guide telling me the story and making it make sense, right? It's, it almost seems at that point of, like, you you built your haunts and you are like, how do I write a story that follows this god awful progression of scenes? When in reality, yeah. it should have been the other way around. You wrote a really great story and then you built that out and made it reality. I've seen I've seen both though. I've seen definitely like these stories that are like not really established but they're trying to like justify a little bit like what you were talking about that mishmash of scenes right so like uh it's the we mentioned it before it's the batman in the belfry yeah yeah <laughs> kind of scenario it's just um sure it makes sense of trying to incorporate everything together but also at the same time um it it definitely was made to like try to produce a story after the fact of like creating a haunted attraction that clearly was just scene after scene after scene after scene and didn't really have this like progressive story throughout um and then yeah the other side of it is to have this very progressive story and then either not have your actors carry it through or it be portrayed at all to people who don't read the backstory um i'll be your audio guide though (laughs) (laughs) i'd appreciate that actually (laughs) Um, your voice isn't as grating as mine. So, you know, that would be, uh, be a lot easier listening. Um, awesome. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just, those seem like the most common problems that come up with, you know, any sort of story related things in a haunt. Um, it just, I don't know, do better haunts. You know, it's, I've never been, but I'm told frequently by others that have that Hell's Gate does a really great job of telling you a story from the moment you enter to the moment you leave. That if asked about it, you could probably recite back the key plot points of whatever story they're trying to tell you. Is that accurate, Tiffany? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have that 
voice and stuff with it because it's one of those that I meant I love because of that uh, story element. And um, particularly of it uh, playing up with a lot of what you hear, kind of like the tall tales of like a haunted house, right? So mm-hmm. it's a haunted house in the middle of the woods that is multiple stories and has a slide and, you know, like they play up on that. Like, <laughs> sure. Um, and that's what they incorporate in that story. And I just think it's brilliant because it's this um, not only this like uh, extensive story that is like carried through, but it plays up on like kind of like those uh, urban legends or regional stories that people tell. Right. There's this haunted house that's in the middle of nowhere and you have to drive through the woods and go over this bridge. And, you know, like you hear stuff like that um, in talking to like your friends or um, other people or, you know, looking up stuff online or whatever. And uh, being able to incorporate that kind of um, spoken story within their actual story. Like I just it's so smart. (laughs) Like I really like it. Yeah. Hopefully this year, uh, if. If it's in the cards, uh, I'll be making my first visit to Hell's Gate, and I'm very excited because I, I've heard nothing <laughs> but incredible things about it. Um, you know, a couple of haunts around me, uh, Crooked Descent did a really good job of telling their story and, and telling it in a cohesive manner, uh, whereas some, and I'm not going to name names because I've reviewed them and I'd like to stay on their good side, uh, have not told a story in such a cohesive manner. I'm going to point fingers, and it's only because you can't see where I'm pointing. (laughs) So speaking of websites, um, it seems like more and more we're seeing websites that are designed by the same guy, and all the websites look the same. So on one hand, I really do love the standardization, because as a reviewer, if I go to your website, I know where to look to find your calendar, how to find directions to get to the place, how to buy tickets, all that great stuff. I know exactly where to be looking because it is all the same. But on the other hand, it's fucking boring. Spice it up or something, right? Do something that plays into your theme or your story or it gives people this creepy, uneasy feeling when they visit your website. And I get you don't want to put people off your website, but you're a fucking haunted house. That's your whole business model. It's going to be crickets over here. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't agree. (laughs) Well, articulate that. Voice it. Tell me what you don't agree with here. All of it. No, um, I do. I really like um, haunt websites that are very like similar with each other. Mostly the ones that I think it's because I've seen either really, really good ones of uh, them kind of looking very similar and standardized and totally bad ones. Like um, we're talking GeoCities bad. Oh, like. Right? Like, I've only seen, like, either or. I haven't seen, like, a good middle ground <laughs> at all. Um, And so it's kind of, like, really hard of, like, my context of when you're, like, well, you know, do something with your own theme or have it, like, have the feel of your haunt and all this other stuff. And I'm, like, <laughs> if you if you have the skills or you have the resources... <laughs> <laughs> go ahead right. and go for it. Well, and um, they're already paying for a website, right? And and I get it. You yeah. know, this the standard template, it's probably a lot cheaper than having somebody create something that's totally custom and, you know, really sells it. Because how many people, like, how much money are you getting back because of that website, right? Like, it's... Right. You, you have it because it is a necessity in this day and age. Uh, 
And like I said, that standardization is nice as a reviewer and as a patron because I know where to start looking for certain things. Right. Um, but, you know, it's I get the other side of that, too. It's a challenge. It's, it's either going to be very expensive to have a professional do, do it for you or it's going to be really challenging because if you have the skills, well, now you, that's a lot of work, you know, and, right. and a lot of hunters don't have that skill set. Um, so it's I mean, it, it is a trade off. I get it. If you do want me to go into like something that annoys me about websites, um, that's related, but it's not related to design. It can be, I guess. Um, it's basically sites that are weirdly cryptic. Um, so they have like very, very little information uh that's on there. Um, like their FAQ and stuff like that is written in this way of like, you know, like will there be XYZ or is there parking? And the answers are kind of like, well, wouldn't you like to know? And it's like, yes. <laughs> I would. That's why I'm fucking asking. <laughs> right. And so like, um, and that kind of goes into the thing of like what I was just saying before of like having some type of standardization of like, okay, well, I meant at least everyone's FAQ says kind of the same thing or asks the same types of questions or whatever. Um, but that's something that annoys me with websites that like I said, it doesn't really go into the design of them. It's mostly like the content in and of sure. themselves. Yeah, that and that is very annoying. I've seen that once or twice where it's like, will they touch me? And they're like, I don't know. Show up and find out. And I'm like, I'm not showing up if you're not going <laughs> to fucking tell me. <laughs> right. I will take my money elsewhere. Goodbye. You know, it's <laughs> I, I totally understand that uh, aspect of it, right? Where they, they answer the question in some way that doesn't answer the question at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's super annoying. Uh, a, a haunt near me that has a really great website, I think, is KO Industrial Horror Realm. And I don't know if the owner paid someone to build it for him or if he has that skill set already or what the deal was, but I, it just, it's different. It's unique. It's well built. It's creepy. That's the big selling thing, right? It should be creepy. It doesn't feel like a fucking new metal band t-shirt, you know? It's it's not the same font that everybody else is using. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have like the same like incoherent picture that almost every band T has. You know, it's it's different, it's unique and and I like that. And it yeah. has all the things that you need and it's pretty easy to find that stuff too. Um so moving on. It's kind of related. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. I don't know I don't know what's kind of related, but sure. The um, next thing uh, that we were going to talk about was um, advertising. So advertising that you have X number of attractions or when all reality, they're not separate attractions. They're actually like theme sections. Also, uh, the other parts of like advertising, uh, we talked a little bit about story, but um, where there's these hero characters or specific characters that are within the ads and it's kind of okay if i go to this haunt i'll be able to see this character and when you actually go to a haunt it's this like weird bait and switch kind of thing um <laughs> where you don't see them and the characters and the actors that you do see are definitely like not up to what you've seen uh that were advertised so um yeah that's it's one it's something that i run into a lot like I was going to say, is this is my pet peeve. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this sounds a lot like a Pacific Northwest sort of thing. 
uh, especially <laughs> this is the, a Tiffany uh, problem. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, especially the thing with like a haunt saying we have five attractions and really it's just five rooms. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, that that seems very unique to the Pacific Northwest. So, how would you uh, define an attraction? Just really quick, not like. Uh, it, the official reviewer <laughs> definition, but how would you define a separate attraction? In my mind, it has a defined entrance and exit, right? So, like, if whether or not there's a line, but, like, there's some sort of queue area where I go up, maybe they'll punch my ticket or somebody make sure that I have a ticket to get in there. And then I go in, and there's, like, maybe some scenes somewhere between one and a thousand scenes. <laughs> and then I exit, right? I'm no longer in that themed attraction. I'm just kind of out in, it might be outside, it might still be themed, but it's not like, I'm obviously not inside a scene, I'm not inside an attraction anymore, right? I'm obviously exiting, and then, okay. and, and like, it, you don't necessarily from there have to like go out into a common area and then choose which attraction to go into next, like, you can do, like, you're gonna do these in this order, but they're very clearly defined as where you exit and where you enter. Yeah. Um, so yes, the ones that like I'm thinking of um, are they're not like that. <laughs> that's not a surprise. Uh, so yeah, completely um, unsurprising. They'll yeah they'll say like they have like five um, five attractions and they're like it's just five different themes, and so like each one of those themes would be like a different. Um, I meant they would be like different themes. Like this is a factory. This is. Um, the hospital medical theme uh this is the dollhouse victorian theme or whatever um so it'll have like these separate themes but there's one queue line and okay. you have your ticket and there's like no option <laughs> like there's no choose your own path it's literally you go from one of the themes to the next and the only thing that you could tell is um all of a sudden you go from like a factory and then you're like oh there's operating tables so obviously i'm in this like other like the medical one um and that's kind of like how you have to like do it with yourself but like you don't exit a building and enter in a new building it's literally you're in a new section and so um yes <laughs> that's really really common out here yeah so that that to me says that and and I think anybody with any amount of common sense, that that's one attraction, right? Those are just various scenes or themes within one attraction. Because mm -hmm. there's no defined, like, exit, the attraction has ended, and then the new attraction is starting. Like, it just, those are just different scenes. Yeah. Right? Because, and especially around COVID, like, there was a few haunts here, uh, Frightmare Farms did this. Um, there was one in Rochester I went to last year that did this, where, like, you buy one ticket because you, you are going to do all of these haunts and mm -hmm. like you get in line and then you start one and then like there's obviously an exit. Okay, I've exited that one now. I'm going and now I'm in line for the next and then I exit right. that one so on and so forth. Like you didn't have the option of like I want to do this one and then that one. They said this is the order. Okay. Um, like, and that's fine, right? Like you can still build that as multiple attractions because again, you have that clearly defined entrance and exit but the way you're describing it no this is one attraction with just various rooms yeah i mean it's 
uh, like what we were talking about, that mishmash of scenes, essentially, except um, for the most part, like I haven't ran into one where they had, you know, like 12 different scenes and they were saying they had 12 different attractions. The ones that I am seeing is that's why I'm like saying like themed sections, because it'll be like two, three, four rooms, something like that. Right. Like, yeah, it's an actual section. It's not like (laughs) a room right after the other and they call each one of those attractions but yeah it's definitely like i said you just kind of stumble from one into the other and there isn't necessarily any type of transition between them um you just like i said all of a sudden you're in the factory and then you're in a laboratory yeah that's uh, little or nothing in between the two yeah yeah that's that's annoying uh and then the (laughs) thing about like the hero characters that gets under my skin the most, I think, in terms of advertising, where I'll go to your website or I'll go to your Facebook and I see this really cool poster, right? And there's this like demon guy and he's 12 feet tall. And and, and you're try- what you're saying to me is like, come and see this character. We have this character. And then I show up and it's a bunch of like high school kids in spirit Halloween costumes. Where is that $18,000 costume that you were advertising? I want to see that. And to me, it's false advertisement, right? But like nowhere on that poster did you say like, this is our character because chances are you've seen that exact character elsewhere. Um, So, you know, it's, they probably paid some money for, you know, photography rights to use that in their advertising. But that one really gets under my skin a lot because it's like, why would you put that up and then not have that anywhere? You know, use your own characters. If your characters aren't that good, then, well, maybe your haunt isn't good enough. Yeah, mine with um, hero characters, like in advertising and stuff like that, um, I've been to haunts and seen advertising and stuff where it is a unique character. It's their own unique hero character, okay? But um, for one reason or other, probably because of, like, the costume only fits this specific body type and the both of the actors that could fit this costume are out or whatever. You don't run into that hero character, except everything with the story and the haunts built around this hero character. (laughs) And so it's one of those things of like, huh, (laughs) you kind of go through and be like, so um, I noticed that, uh, you know, like this is uh, Frank's butcher shop and uh, Frank is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Frank is taking a mental health day. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's there's even no explanation of like where Frank went. And <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've been to a couple ones of those and that I think is where the hero characters bother me like kind of the most like within advertising because if it's a story and you have this like awesome story and it involves this character like try to try to get that character in some fashion <laughs> into your show every yes. night just yes. do something please <laughs> yeah I, I would like to see frank the butcher if I, <laughs> i'm expecting to see frank the butcher <laughs> listen i had called in my order for 10 pounds of cold cuts and if i can't pick those up tonight i need to know all right i've brought the coolers with me i don't think you understand the predicament that i'm in here people are asking questions <laughs> yeah it's uh 
no i i yeah it's annoying for sure and it's uh before the up before we started recording the episode this evening um we were kind of going over like the points we want to talk about and when this came up tiffany's like how do i put this and i was like put what and she described it and i was like well if you want to be funny we could just call it catfishing and i mean it's it's accurate though. it is <laughs> Again, not terms that I would use, but other yes. terms. I, I mean, would you're, use. Not <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, Frank so- is ever elusive. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Frank? <laughs> ne- the next haunt I'm gonna go to, I'm just gonna bring like a bunch of uh, fake milk cartons that have a picture of just some character, <laughs> like a character that the haunt uses in their advertising. <laughs> And the text on the photo is going to say, missing, where's Frank? We'll <laughs> <laughs> leave them everywhere. <laughs> wait till somebody finds it. Yeah, I just see a lot of people hating you. But... <laughs> I think I'd get a lot of laughs out of that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, so another thing that haunts do that, to me, falls under that whole like catfishing thing, uh, you know, within the advertising, you go to their website and all over their website, they're telling you how they're the biggest, baddest, scariest haunt this side of the Mississippi. Here's the thing. You're not. You never will be. You never were. And the more you say you are, the more kid-friendly you become. So, you're getting a lot of crickets. Like, I agree to an extent. So, I don't think, like... The more that somebody says, you know, like that, the scariest or the bestest or whatever, um, whatever is they want to be, I don't necessarily think that like discredits them per se. It's just it turns into that uh cacophony of sound that everybody is saying that they're the best and they're the scariest, and you know, like yeah, okay. Um, the way I look at it is, if you're the scariest or you're the best. You don't have to tell people that. Yeah, I right? get that. Like, it's always the dumbest guy in the room that's the loudest telling people how he's the smartest. <laughs> right? We all know that guy. If you don't know that guy, it's you. <laughs> but, like, the dumbest guy in the room is always telling people about how intelligent he is, right? And and I think right. the same sort of thing carries over to haunts. Like, the haunts who are saying how they're the scariest just aren't, Right? Like, and being the scariest is such a subjective thing. Like, how do you measure that, right? It's it's not like a haunt saying we're the longest running haunt. Okay, you can probably back that up with some sort of proof, right? Like, you can show me this is the year that we opened. This is the year that everybody else around us opened. We've been here the longest. Okay, sure, I believe that, right? There's there's empirical evidence that I can look at to prove that. But right. saying that you're the, the best, uh, by what metric, by what standard? By the scare factors standard, well, in what year, right? Because the ratings will fluctuate year to year. Yeah, it's just, I think it's one of those that's really hard, but kind of, again, to the point that I was saying earlier, it to me, it just gets lost with everything. I met everyone's the scariest. Everyone's the, you know, the uh, most terrifying, the... Um, Oh, nightmare inducing uh <laughs> trying to think of like words that i hear all the time a lot of terror a lot of nightmares a lot of uh scary <laughs> yeah i i think the only one 
that uh, that would fit under that that I I would believe because I could measure in some way is uh, if you said this is the darkest haunt, right? Because I could actually go through your haunt with a light meter, and then I could empirically prove that yes, this has the lowest light level among haunts in this area. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's that's the only one, right? Like, there, yeah, I haven't heard anyone claim that there's a darkest haunt, though. <laughs> it's, I don't think it's something that you really want to claim, right? Because it's like, okay, so I can't really see anything, so why should I spend money at this place? I haven't ran into that, per se, but I've definitely ran into the others. And then, yeah, again, like what you were saying, um, longest running, I've heard a couple of those um i don't know and you know it's it's always funny to me because it's like maybe this is different in different parts of the country and for different teams but for me it's always the haunts who are saying we're the scariest who are reaching out asking for a review and then i go okay great sure uh what what weekend works for you and then you know we'll schedule the time i'll go out maybe i'm getting comp tickets maybe i'm not whatever the case may be there and then I'll I'll go through the show, I'll make all my notes, I'll come home, I'll write the review. And then the haunt gets upset when my review basically says, like, yeah, it was okay, it was fun. I wouldn't pay what they're asking, but uh, they're definitely not the scariest either, you know? And so, so they get upset because, like, we didn't give them the perfect 10 when, you know, they clearly thought, like, they were the, the most bestest ever. Which, which, again, if you have to say you're the best, <laughs> you're not. I definitely don't have this problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about this. You you approach how you schedule reviews very differently than I do. <laughs> I mean, I approach a lot of things differently. Haunts out here on the West Coast work a lot differently than they do out where you are. Um, I am always like really nervous of uh, haunts getting hold of me uh, for reviews and then them expecting a perfect 10. I have definitely like been very, very lucky of all the haunts out here um again really really small tight-knit community um none of them are expecting a perfect 10 um because they know like they do have flaws they're actually realistic people so i actually don't run into this too much i feel really bad when uh say a haunt reaches out to me uh for a review and uh their score isn't like as high or like I'll have like this own personal like melodrama, but whenever I've uh, published um, one of my reviews and like the owner actually seen the score and stuff like that, I mean, it's fair. They agree on it. Um, I never had <laughs> kickback against it. And so I was like, uh, I I'll take that trade off. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Not necessarily having that problem. Um, yeah. It's just something I don't encounter out here. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year, I think there was three that specifically asked for a review, um, and, and only one of them seemed to be less than pleased with the score they got, which was very consistent with what I had given them two years prior. Um, and and they, I I don't I didn't really get much else out of this haunt after I explained that our review criteria had changed and so the way that we rate the haunts has changed, right? Just the math in general, like I could give you the exact same scores and you won't have the same score. Uh just because like certain things have have been updated and combined and separated out and whatever. Like the other two, one of them was just over the moon. They absolutely loved everything I had to say about it, right? Like they were 
cognizant of the fact that, like, sure, we have some things that could be fixed. We understand that this one attraction, maybe for you, isn't hitting as hard or, uh, you know, it's not not necessarily what you expected in a haunted house. Um, and, and the other one, I just, I didn't really get much out of them. So, like, I don't really know what they thought. <laughs> I, I actually ran into one of the uh, managers from that haunt the other night. And, you know, I stopped to talk for a couple of minutes. And just, I, I, I'm sure, like, he was very busy and he was, like, trying to get somewhere. So he's like, oh, shit, you know, fucking tie me up and I got to get places. But it was just like, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was that on its own or if it was like, oh, fuck this guy. You know, you got to tell me how shitty my haunt is again. Like, no, I'm going to do that for the world to see. <laughs> yeah, I not my world out here, <laughs> which I'm really quite thankful for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I think this year I would really love to just kind of reach out to haunts and be like, hey, I'm coming to rate you. Like, I'm coming to review your haunt sometime this season and then just show up and pay cash. On one hand, you know, we've talked about this before where you, you show up and the haunt says, oh, hey, uh, by the way, the reviewer's coming tonight, right? Like, so, so what's going to happen, right? You and I both have been in the situation as actors where you get together before the show goes on and you've got some management person up there going, hey, there's a reviewer coming tonight. And you're like, oh, shit, you know, better put on 150%. Whereas if you have no idea, like, you're, you're giving your best show, but you're not going over the top, right? Right. And it's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want actors going over the top just because I'm there, right? Because, like, it's going to artificially inflate your score. Right. And th this is one that, it's kind of hard for me. So I've worked and I've acted in a lot of haunts for many, many years. And I've attended both as, like, a paying customer. I've attended as a part of the cast. And, like, now I'm attending as a reviewer. And, um... I think by nature of both working at a haunt as a haunter and also uh, now going through haunts as like a reviewer, um, it is that kind of like what you're describing. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting the same show as everyone else. Um, and one of the things particularly kind of like related to this is as a reviewer, when I show up to a haunt or a site, um, one of like my personal things that annoys me is um, essentially being escorted the whole entire time by the haunt management. So like uh, the managers will go through the haunt with me oh, <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I that's never happened to me specifically, but I can imagine just how poorly that would go. Right. Like it's one thing to get like a behind the scenes tour with a manager. And right. that, that would be really cool because then you can glean some information about like how they're doing certain things. And then you could talk about like how cool it is that they're doing this effect given the limitations that they have logistically. Right. Yeah. No, that's absolutely fine. It's just you want to talk about pressure or like <laughs> even like mentioning anything. Right. So it's like me and my team and now the haunt owners like going through the haunt together and, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, you know, like you just, it's awkward. Like I can't go ahead and like turn over and like talk to like one of my teammates and be like, Oh yeah. Like that was pretty good because the owners are going to hear every word that I say. Yeah. And that's <laughs> the other part, right? Because like, if you have a note, if you have a negative note about something, 
that you want to talk about in the review in a perhaps nicer manner, but the only words that come to your mind was, wow, that fucking sucked. <laughs> or <laughs> You don't want to like, say that in front of the owner. <laughs> you know? Yeah, one of the things I point out a lot is like uh, water bottles or something like that. Like, I don't really ever, I never ran into it like where there's like, a bazillion of them to where I feel like I have to mention them into like any kind of review, but it's just something that I pay attention to. Right. Like again, sure. acting in haunts, I, I could find people's water bottles. <laughs> I'm really good at it. Um, but I'll just kind of like keep track of that of like, okay, you know, like um, they actually do have like a spot for like their actors or whatever, but like I'll mention something of like, Oh, yep, there's a water bottle, you know, like that kind of thing. And that's what I hear, you know, uh, when I'm normally talking to like my teammates and stuff like that. But I was like, if the owner heard it and I was like the second that they go ahead and be like, well, actually that normally isn't there. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. It's there <laughs> I now. I, I'm it's seeing now. it. I'm and seeing it's okay it. that it's there now. <laughs> How many groups came through before me and saw that? Like, <laughs> right. I don't care that it's not normally there, right? You know, right. so it's like, yeah, that and that's that's a problem, right? Is like, you you don't want to be calling those things out and then have a manager or an owner trying to defend it to you. Like, I don't fucking care what your defense is. It is I saw what I saw and it's there. So like, fix it so that other people aren't seeing it, right? And that's that's primarily what we're trying to get at with those sorts of things when we talk about it in the review. Is like. We're not saying that we know everything about haunts that there is to know, uh, but, you know, we are trying to convey some air of authority of like, yeah, we've seen a lot of haunts. So, you know, we're trying to we're, we're trying to articulate like what makes this haunt special compared to other haunts in the area or in the nation. Right. And, you know, how do they stack up against each other? Because people fucking love top 10 lists. Right. Like, look at some of the biggest non-gaming YouTube channels. There's some really huge ones that are just like, they do nothing but top 10 lists. How fucking boring. But at the same time, like, I get it. People love that shit. People <laughs> want to be told, what's the best? Right? Well, by my standard, this is the best. You know, so it's that, you know, and I get it. Like, a lot of haunt owners don't necessarily understand why we point that sort of thing out. And it's, well, I'm telling you right now. The reason we pointed out is because we want you to get ahead of that, talk to your actors, find a better way for them to get those out of the way, you know, so that way it helps other customers have a better immersion, a better experience, and then they'll come back and spend more money with you, right? Like, we're doing you a fucking favor here. But I do still want to put it out there. If I see one water bottle, it doesn't mean, like, yep, this person's getting in four. That's like, a zero. <laughs> that's a zero right there. Like... That's not the thing. It's just, it's what goes through my head as everything else that I'm looking at. Like, I just state very obvious stuff sometimes. It's either that or um, the other thing is like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever prop, like, kind of goes off. Yeah. But the thing, it's not really intelligent. And I think that's kind of like my problem is like, I'm used to talking to like my team while going through, um, like these attractions and haunts and stuff like that and us talking to each other and actors could overhear us all they want. I don't care. Um, it's just mostly when the owner is like there and particularly like just ready 
to <laughs> defend, you know, like, yeah. well, actually. Actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, like, when I did have people going with me as part of my team, uh, it was significantly less weird for us to, like, kind of go a little bit slower and talk about a particular effect we saw or you know, kind of talk amongst ourselves about like, oh, check out this lighting and see how it's doing this thing. Or like, hey, I noticed a speaker over there because we do wear microphones or a lot of a lot of teams wear microphones. So that way we can capture audio notes that we're making as we walk through. And it helps us write the review because then we can remember like, oh, yeah, they had that really cool animatronic that did this thing. And it was super fucking scary. But like now that I go alone it's really strange for a lot of actors because I'll stop. Especially, like, if it's really slow that night, I'll just stop and I'll watch an animatronic go four or five times. And I'll talk to myself and I'll make, like, really extensive notes on it because if it's something that I think is really cool, I want to talk about it a lot in the review, so I'm making all the notes that I can. And on a few occasions, I've had actors come up to me and go, who are you talking to? (laughs) (laughs) And then I just turn my head and look at them and go, mind your own fucking business. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've always had the team so at least i don't i I don't look like you brian i i i have safety in numbers (laughs) yeah it's uh it it is kind of strange uh just to be talking to yourself because like yeah actors would be like who are you talking to what what is going on right now um yeah I don't know. It's uh, do better haunts. God damn it. So <laughs> outside of the actual attraction itself, uh, time tickets, right? Getting into line for the attraction. Haunts that sell timed tickets, in my opinion, should be enforcing those times. Do you agree with that, Tiffany? Yeah. Right, um... uh, to, to some degree, right? You know, I'm not saying like, uh, your ticket says 7.30, it's 7.29, you gotta wait one minute. No, like, alright, fucking let him in. What I'm talking it's... about is, like, your ticket says 10pm, and you're showing up at 6. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Because <laughs> that's one thing, and then, like, the other thing that I'm, like, thinking of is, particularly when time ticketing became more of a norm, um, getting so far behind in the show of, like, okay, you have a time ticket that you got for 8 o'clock, right? But when you go ahead and show up at eight o'clock, not all of the six o'clock and seven o'clock people are through yet. Um, the timing's just way, way, way off like that. That's one of the things that kind of annoy me about it. Um, that could kind of happen. And, and that's the other problem with that too, is like, let's say I buy a ticket for 7 PM, but something happens where I won't get there until seven thirty or eight. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what What should the haunt do in that case? In my opinion, I think what they should do is they should go, okay, you bought a ticket. We're going to honor your ticket tonight. We're just going to move you to a different time slot, right? right? So you may have to wait about 15 minutes before your group lines up for this, but, like, you're still going in. You're still getting the experience. We're just, you're just not going to get in line right that minute. How about you go check out our midway? Go buy some food. Get some hot cocoa. Get some hot cider which Nora's listening to this after the fact and she's like licking her lips thinking about hot cider because they had hot cider (laughs) once. Trust me, it's not the same as what we get up here. She, (laughs) she had like apple cider that was just put in, put in like a coffee pot and then put on a hot plate. Um, 
no hot cider <laughs> well done hot cider is like with whipped cream and cinnamon and oh it's fucking delicious so i can't have it that's that's what it sounds like <laughs> uh, you, you gotta come to central new york you gotta come to upstate you gotta come to new england i'm allergic to that cinnamon yo <laughs> ask for it without cinnamon <laughs> i they're gonna sneak it in there just i know it it's like pumpkin spice <laughs> just October, it's all over the place. Like, I cannot escape it. But yeah, haunts that just don't enforce their time ticketing at all is is super irritating, right? Like, I I don't think it's I don't think it's super common. But the impression that I get from a lot of haunts is that they're going to sell you a ticket for some time slot, but they it doesn't matter to them whether you're four hours early or you're an hour late or whatever. You know, it's just they're just selling tickets, right? And it's like, if that's the case, why are you? Why are you bothering selling them in time slots, right? You're only keeping right. the honest people honest at that point. So it's, it to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Because the people who are going to try to break that rule or try to get one by you or whatever, like, you're just going to fucking let them do it. So why bother? You know, it's, it's, like, it's like with the mask thing back in 2020, right? Like, there were uh, up here, and I'm sure it was very different where you are because, you know, people probably took the mask thing a little more seriously within the city. Um, maybe not so much in like rural Washington, but like here in Syracuse, you had this, it was about 50-50, right? Like people who took it very seriously and would wear their mask everywhere they went and they wore it correctly. And then you had people who just wouldn't wear a mask. And there were businesses, like most businesses that you'd go into just didn't do anything about it, despite all of the signs and posters and everything that said, you got to wear a mask. And it's like, why are you, why are you putting those up when you know damn well you're not going to enforce it whatsoever? Like it just, I, I, I don't understand. And, and the interesting thing that came of that was in early 2021, I was reading an article by uh, a psychologist, a behavioral psychologist, who said that like they were studying people who would wear the mask below their nose or they wouldn't wear it properly or they would wear a mask that wasn't like in compliance with uh state guidelines or federal guidelines and like he kept coming back to this thing where it's like these are the people who will drive over the speed limit who cheated on tests in grade school uh they they feel like they're getting one over on somebody right like they feel like they're they're winning to some degree and it just like it it clicked for me, right? It made sense. It's like, yeah, these are the exact same people who you'll see doing 15 miles an hour over the speed limit down the road for no good reason. Like, yeah. You know, and, Again, I, and I think, and I think those are the so same weird people. Out here. <laughs> and I think those are the same people who are buying a ticket for 10 p.m. and then showing up at 6.30. Yeah, no. You know, like they feel like they're winning or something. Like, what was the point? Why, your, why does it matter? Your area's weird. I'm it just is. saying that, like... <laughs> If you're buying a ticket for 10 and if you're not going to show up at 10 or just before or whatever out here, it's mandatory that you show up late. Like, (laughs) okay, yes. (laughs) there's no early like who who does that? That's who is that person? That's not that's not that's not here. (laughs) That's not these people. (laughs) Fucking Northeast Rednecks. That's who that's who does that shit. No, what's you're talking about the mask thing? What what really kind of blows my mind, and I'm I'm really super confused about this one. Is like sometimes you do still see people wearing masks out and about, and like I, personally, I'm not gonna judge you for it, right? Like I fully support your decision to wear a mask still because like 
I was not sick for a whole year in 2020 because I wore a mask and a lot of people around me were wearing masks. Like, I just didn't get sick. I didn't get a cold. I didn't get the flu. Nothing. You know, and then and then when everything kind of got relaxed, it's like everything hit me all at once and I was sicker than a dog. But sometimes, uh, Tiffany, maybe you'll have a good answer for me because you seem to be more uh, up on the, the hip and cool things that the uh, the youths of today are doing. The hipsters? Is yeah. that is that what you're I, <laughs> I, I suggesting see, over here? <laughs> yes. I see this most people like it they look to be about like high school kids, right? Like eleventh or twelfth grade, you know, sixteen, seventeen year old kids. Ah uh, yes, uh, my demographic. <laughs> yes. They they'll be wearing a mask, like a blue surgical mask, you know, the disposable type, but mm-hmm. they're just wearing it under their chin. It's like what was the point of putting it on um if if it's not gonna cover anything like why i actually i i know this one okay Um. (laughs) explain the chin diaper to me like why are people still doing this nobody's requiring masks anymore like i flew two weeks ago i didn't have to wear one it's it's an aesthetic it's a it's a thing um it's kind of um how best i heard it like described it's kind of based off of like uh youth culture overseas where um Wearing like some type of like mask or face covering and having uh headphones on on like subways is like a physical representation of like leave me alone. But- I do not want to talk to you. I do not want to interact with you. I okay. do not. There's also this other kind of side of that aesthetic, um, where it's uh the opposite of uh, minimalism. It's like uh where everything's in excess, right? Um, opulence and kind of it's more um like i'm trying to think of uh maximalism there's this maximalism yes there's this like style of where you have candy on your arms and you have like a billion berets and everything's all bright and rainbow colored and you have the band-aid over the nose and okay so like raver aesthetic yeah 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 and so yeah that's what i would attribute that to or you know, um, they just had to wear a mask at some place that they visited and just never quite took it off. <laughs> I just, it's also an option, too. <laughs> it is like, it's just the dumbest fucking thing to me. I'm sorry. If you if you wear a mask, if you wear the chin diaper in any setting, like just, I, I want you to seriously consider your life decisions up to this point. All right. Like, it's the stupidest fucking thing. If you don't want to wear the mask, just take it off. It looks stupid. Is your chin going to poop in there or what? Like, what's going on? Not to get you, like, too distracted, but <laughs> again, out here, West uh-huh. Coast, uh, you have the glorious um, Gandalf beards. <laughs> you know, and so you have the beard. Uh, listen, it keeps holder. my chin and my neck from getting sunburned. All right. Right. But you have the nice uh, beard. Uh, net. So like a hairnet, but for your beard. Oh, and people just wear them aesthetically. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Uh, okay. Uh, kitchen <laughs> aesthetic. I'm going to call that one kitchen aesthetic. <laughs> All right, we're, we're getting way too off track here. <laughs> um, Tiffany, can you explain this last thing? Oh, what did I just do? Delete the last <laughs> thing. <laughs> can you explain this last thing in the section here? Haunts without much to do than the haunt itself. I don't oh, understand. Yes. So when you go ahead and go to haunt and it is in the middle of nowhere and you drive three, four hours to get to said haunt and it's just the haunted house. Oh, okay. So like you just show up and it's like, there's no midway, there's no vendors, there's no, just it's a haunt. That's it. You enter, you exit, you get in your car, you go home. Exactly. Oh, okay. 
and it's also by like nature of um sometimes it does have stuff to like do with like location but i've definitely been to haunts that is in this like desolate area in the middle of nowhere but there's nothing else to do like i can't go to a city and get food um there's no city around like <laughs> it's i i middle of nowhere like i get the vibe right like especially if you're trying to do this like abandoned building that's inhabited by the undead or hillbillies or whatever like the vibe really works there right like right you just happened upon this place and it's haunted or whatever story they're trying to tell you like that that works really well but like my god where's my hot cider (laughs) works really well but yeah (laughs) but give me that fucking hot cider it 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 does. It makes it like really, really rough. Um, and again, like I think this is like one of like one of my more annoying things because there has definitely been a good handful of haunts that I have drove out for hours to, and like I would research it and try to like see what's around it. So I did take the risk and the idea of like, okay, I know it's like in the middle of nowhere. Let's just try it, right? And generally, like as someone that's going to a haunt right i'm just trying to bank i'm just like they have to have concessions they have to have they have to have awful water they just have to <laughs> like there's got to be bathrooms there at least there has, right <laughs> there has to be <laughs> porta potties a hole in the ground i'll take anything at this point <laughs> <laughs> and then you know you get there and it's not and it's like oh no you know like <laughs> it's definitely one of those things that is a gut punch kind of like when you like show up to some place it's like well i should have definitely got food before i left i could have ate in the car you know for the three hours i was driving out to the middle of nowhere um <laughs> yeah there was a place i went to not this past year but the year before that was it, it was in a new location so like i kind of forgave them on not having a lot going on but yeah it was very much like that where you show up you get in line you get your ticket you do their attractions. And then that's pretty much it. They had a food truck out there uh, each weekend, which had amazing food. But beyond that, not much going on. You could go back to the ticket counter and buy some merch if you wanted. But, you know, nothing. But see, you had really food and that. merch. I'm talking about not even the, that. No, not even that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just talking about, like, you have the attraction and that's it. <laughs> and then that's it. Get your car. Get out of here. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, kind of going along with that. Um, have you ever been to a haunt where uh, you go ahead and you go to the haunt premise, right? Okay. Driving up to a haunt. We're role playing here. All right. And um, are you a paladin? Um- <laughs> <laughs> I put on my level five paladin armor. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> haunt Little reviewers did- have other interests. <laughs> um- <laughs> Sexy role playing. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you're driving up to a haunt, Brian, um, and uh, you are actually on site, and you see buildings, Okay, right? But nothing's labeled, and right. the only like staff were the staff that's directing traffic that's still directing traffic. Okay. What do you do? Like, how do you start wandering, or... Hey, what? you in the what yellow vest, do? come here. Where <laughs> the fuck am I supposed of the to go? Traffic du- you pull them off of traffic duty? Goddamn right I do. <laughs> you don't you have don't. signs. I'm you don't have. You don't have. 
you have anybody like waving me along to like this way, please get your tickets over here. Hey, you in the fucking yellow light up vest, get your ass over here. I <laughs> see. Or- I think that's. I think that's the East Coast you. Like, I honestly, <laughs> think that is like some like weird East Coast aggression. Because like how I am, like I have the like Midwest polite shame, right? Um, I don't talk to people, and I also have the. Uh, Pacific Northwest, you know, Seattle freeze, right? Where I explicitly like kind of like judge and don't talk to people. So um, what I do in that scenario is just walk around aimlessly. And I kind of call it like a a self-guided tour. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> I'll just like go up to the buildings and I'll be like, well, um, this doesn't look like it's for me. You know? And I like will walk all around it and I'm like, pretty sure I'm not supposed to be over here. you know. And I will. I'll just I'll just keep moseying on until so somebody tells me I'm in the wrong area. <laughs> I was going to say, you'll just keep going until somebody finds you and goes, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, basically. Why aren't you in costume? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, I got here late. I don't know what's going on. It's my first night. I mean, right. with that one, with that one, you gotta, you gotta really lean into that, right? <laughs> well, I either do that, or I find people that seem to like know more where they're going. Normally, I'm that person, which is the worst. Like, if I ever seem to know where I'm going with determination, Brian, like, just know it's a roost. Like, just know <laughs> there's something up because I do not know where I'm going, right? Um, but I find someone with that like air of confidence that I normally radiate and give off, and I'll just follow them. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, they're my family now, you know. Like I, I don't, I don't. Where are we going, Dad? <laughs> yeah, I don't ask questions. Um, they seem very determined, and then you know, like I know something is up when they go ahead and turn around, and then they're like, "Hey, you seem to know where you're going," and I was like, "No." I'm I was following you. you. <laughs> <laughs> I was keeping pace with you to hear some of your conversation and hope that, you know, we'll find where we need to go together. But yeah, I going so, to haunts like that is about equally like the one that we just mentioned before where there's nothing except the haunt itself or there's like nothing directing you on like where to go to get your ticket and stuff. It gives me like an incredible sense of like anxiety of trying to figure out of like, oh, you know, like what I'm supposed to do. I, I follow directions very well. I've always been that type of A plus student. <laughs> like I need those type of directions. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so poor uh, site design, I think is how we could classify that. What about poor set and character design? And and by character design, I don't just mean the costume and, and the voice that the the actor puts on i mean the whole character right the dialogue the backstory the you know what what's their motivation what are they trying to aim for here um you know it's we've we've all seen the really shitty backyard haunt that's nothing but black tarps and you know a couple of cheap walmart masks but you know i'm talking a haunt where you paid money to go in and you have this character who is wearing a cheap walmart mask and has no idea what their character is supposed to be. You know, it's not often that I run into this, but I have seen it a couple of times, and it it, it can be really annoying because it's like, I paid money to fucking see this? You gotta be shitting me. Give me my money back. Hey, you in the light-up vest, come here. I want my money back. <laughs> that poor, poor That poor parking, parking attendant. attendant. <laughs> <laughs> All they wanted to do was direct traffic. <laughs> 
No, I've, I've definitely seen it before. Um, I don't know, because I'm kind of sitting on it. Like, I don't know if it's, like, the most annoying thing. Um, it can be. Um, I I don't know. Like, I, I've definitely seen it to, like, where um, a lot of it's, like, oh, like, this mask is, like, something that I could go ahead and see at Spirit. Um, actually, all of the character and costume design is at Spirit, and the characters themselves are, like, not really that developed, or even, like, the set themselves. So have you ever seen that, where you have a totally different character out in a different set? <laughs> uh, various so say, times. Yeah, so a clown in, like, a log cabin. <laughs> uh, I was thinking zombies in a prehistoric dinosaur-themed area, but yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That yep. that goes along with this kind of like vibe that we're laying down here but yeah sure. um that's kind of the thing that gets like a little bit harder to like justify i don't again i don't think it's the most annoying thing but it, I, it I can be it. irritating if it does happen and it's really yes. egregious yeah right yeah um so speaking of that zombies in the prehistoric area i've talked about this before on the podcast where there is a haunt near me, and I, I won't review them. I'm not going to say who they are. Uh, I think they know who they are. I don't know if they listen or not. But <laughs> um, it's they, they have five attractions, and they recently, I, I think in 2020, they moved into their own building. They used to be uh, a temporary setup just during October. Uh, but they have their own building now, which is great, because now they can you know really focus on set designs, and they can put things up and they can leave them up all year. Here's the problem, right? So one of their haunts, one of their attractions is a prehistoric sort of like land before time sort of theme. And and the sets and the props for the most part are really great looking. They have some dinosaur animatronics that look very expensive or at least were expensive when they bought them. Uh you know, they they have some really great sounds coming from those animatronics, but the problem comes when they also have zombie animatronics, which is v kind of strange. Um, and then they, the last couple of years, they haven't really had a lot of actors in the haunt as a whole. So you only see one or two actors in each of the attractions. And one of the actors, one of the characters that I saw in this, I think two years ago, was Alien from the movie Alien. And... That seemed just way out of whack for me. Like, are we trying to imply the alien from the movie Alien traveled back in time to dinosaur times and is now, like, doing something to influence the day? I, I don't fully understand what's going on. Like, I would understand cavemen. Like, it's not historically accurate, but, like, okay, it's it's in the same theme. It's I, I get the vibe you're trying to put on. And then, and then my favorite part about this is... The soundtrack playing throughout the whole thing is just the opening riff to Rammstein's Du Hast. <laughs> and then, like, if you listen to the song, if you're familiar with the song, it's that, like, guitar riff, and it just ends at the drum bit right before the vocals come in, and then it loops over and over and over all night. And, and I think my favorite part about going to this haunt is going in there and singing along loudly and poorly. I <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you're like everybody's like best friend. Like <laughs> when you go ahead and do that. Well, that's why I do it to love be it. there. They love it. If they had any <laughs> fucking actors in there, I'm sure they would. No, I. Oh no. Um, uh, 
kind of going along with with, that. with Rammstein, new metal. With Rammstein, <laughs> um, Rammstein. That's how you say it. You uncultured <laughs> swine. Uh, new metal in general is a pet peeve of mine. Not like new metal as a genre. I mean, that's a whole other story outside of this podcast. But new metal within haunted houses, just because um, I. There has never been a haunt that I have not heard new metal uh, going into. Like, never. Never, ever, 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 ever. I've always heard new metal blaring um, at every single haunt that I've been to. With exception of ones that I used to go back in the Midwest. I'm just talking about ones out here on okay. the West Coast in my area as a reviewer. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not super common here. I've heard it once or twice, but... Oh, yeah. No, I, I think... Um, yeah, like one that I worked with um definitely played the same five Rob Zombie songs. Oh god. <laughs> on a loop. <laughs> and they were probably like the five most popular Rob Zombie songs, so the five uh, one, worst Rob Zombie songs. One one might shock you. One might shock you. Was it Living Dead Girl? No. <laughs> it was uh Was it Dragula? <laughs> no. It's uh She's a brick house. Oh, She's okay. Mighty, mighty. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, it's the cover. Uh, it's great. I thought it was them breaking up Rob Zombie, and then I learned it was a Rob Zombie cover, and it made me sad. Um, no, I, I could excited. get down with that. <laughs> I was excited for once of like, oh, you know, like uh, somebody commandeered and put in a new song in this loop. No, it, no. it's the Rob Zombie cover of that. But yeah, it's um it's very very common here to hear a lot of new metal. Um and like I said, it's not just like concentrated in like the Midway area. There's always a section within the haunt itself uh that blares new metal like really really loud. Um the nice aesthetic of having you know that very light and airy um soundscapes or scenescapes, right? To get an ambiance. Uh, to me, it's ruined when, you know, you hear new metal and I get a blast from my past um, just right in right there with the strobe lights. And <laughs> I so like I, I know what you're talking about, because like, yeah, that would get super annoying, especially if it's like really crappy radio new metal like Rob Zombie. Mm -hmm. Um but, like, I don't know, maybe if it's older Slipknot, like, I could get down with that. Are, are you talking about, like, are you going to start splitting hairs and being like, okay, well, if it's Gojira, then that's okay. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, I'm just saying, like, mix it up a little bit, right? Because, like, it's always Rob Zombie, right? Fair, yeah. You know, it's like, if you're going to do new Metal, which I don't think you should, but if you're going to do new Metal, like, how about Korn? How about Slipknot? Like, how about literally any other new metal band? See, I think if it was Korn, though, like, I would have the same problem. Again, like, I, it, I'm just damaged. I'm just damaged with, again, I told you, it's a whole other episode, even a whole other podcast of what new metal in my life is. Um, <laughs> it's not that it's, like, horrible. It's just I've been exposed to it so much in, like, haunted houses. Um I would be like more interested even if like other songs were playing, right? Um, I was kind of like thinking about, you know, like um there is like MCR and I like a lot of punk bands, so I might um there's like the misfits, which sometimes I do hear misfits on okay. some hot soundtracks and it makes me happy. But I, I heard um, Avenged Sevenfolds 
yeah. two years ago. And um, I started singing along because it was like one of the few Avenged Sevenfold songs that I know. And the actor in the scene goes, hey, who sings this? I'm like, me, I am right now. Don't you hear it? <laughs> You've got a front row seat. Right? He Ghost? Not- Ghost would be a really awesome one. Ghost would be really interesting. <laughs> I Right? Tangent. I, I'm not a really huge Ghost fan. Um, and I'm sure like I've probably heard more of their music than I realize. Uh, and, and it's odd to me because like a lot of people around me really love Ghost and they're coming to Syracuse this year and everybody I know has a ticket. And I'm like, ah, screw it. I don't care. I was really <laughs> disappointed when I like legitimately sat down and was like, all right, let's check these guys out. Right. I love their aesthetic. I like the whole like satanic priest clergy sort of feel they've got going on there. I was super disappointed when they were like 80s metal aesthetic kind of music. See, I, I that just it <laughs> stuck out stuck out like a sore thumb to me like this should be a lot heavier than it is. But I I like that. That's I, I'm not I'm not saying <laughs> I like, like the I I get I like that the people the like mellow that, metal. Right? Like, I don't know what to call it. I'm going to call it mellow metal. Mellow That's... metal. <laughs> Like I, I understand that people like it. Obviously, like Ghost is probably one of the fastest uh, growing bands out there right now, right? Like they're rising in popularity so much uh, as of recently. But like, it just—it's such a clashing vibe for me, right? Like they have this really <laughs> dark and heavy and gothic sort of look, and then they don't make music that fits in that, or at least not in my opinion. <laughs> At least not in my opinion, right? You know, and then, but you know, I guess if you think about bands that were popular in like the early two thousands, like him, and um, I'm trying to think of like other, like sort of gothic, gothic aesthetic bands, but like him had, you know, they had that dark aesthetic, and then it was like it was these really sweet sounding sort of dark love songs. Yeah, um, I mean that that's kind of par for the course in the yeah. that genre. I'm just. I meant one thing that keeps popping in my mind because you're like, oh, you know, like they have this dark aesthetic, but they're kind of like light and poppy. And I was like, oh, The Cure. You're talking about The Cure. <laughs> the Cure yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I love Robert Smith. Like, I, I absolutely love him. Um, yeah. He's got like that, that kind of like 80s goth vibe going on, but then like light and poppy music. And until next time, stay scary. Today's episode was edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. Support for today's episode comes from Gantam Lightning and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Dark Hour to Netherworld, Super Mario Land to Hagrid's bike, Gantam goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo? Sign up at gantam.com demo. That's gantam.com demo. The HAN team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.